please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Hey there, quick reminder that applies if you're listening to this episode on the day that it drops. Remember, I announced last week, if you caught that episode, I have a listener survey going on right now, and if you enter your email address, you don't have to enter your email address, and it doesn't ask for any other contact information. The email address is purely if you want to be entered into the drawing, but the drawing closes today, so I will take the email address field off when the drawing is closed, but um, if you want to submit some feedback for this podcast, it should not take you any more than two minutes to do the survey really quick. It's linked first thing in the show notes. The drawing will close today, so tomorrow morning I will go and do that. That's for a free 90-minute session with me that you can use towards either a yoga therapy intake, which some folks only do the intake and they don't do ever ever do any follow-up sessions. You get to leave with um, a personalized yoga plan, including an asana practice and other yoga goodies for you, um, to address anything going on in your life. That is what that yoga therapy 90 minute assessment would look like, or you could use it for a 90 minute birth chart reading, which is significantly in depth. Um, you could use it for either one session with me. So if you fill out the survey and enter into the drawing, there's a good chance you could win that. That closes tonight, Wednesday, August 31st at, I don't know, before tomorrow morning when I get to my desk. So if you're lucky and you do it first thing Thursday morning, maybe you can do it before I I get there. But um, no guarantees if you don't do it before the end of Wednesday, August 31st. So today's guest is Jeremy Devins. And he is the owner of Quiet Mind Yoga and Quiet Mind Astrology, run as two sort of separate things, but they're both expressions of his work. And you can listen to the story. It's a super interesting story um, in this episode. Jeremy shares of how, like, where he grew up, what his childhood was like, you know, and how that led into what he does now, which is sort of a theme I notice. This is why I love asking everybody what's their yoga story or what's their story that led them into the work they do now when they're yoga professionals because there's typically somewhere in the story something comes up of like I was just following nudges. I was just following my wisdom. I was like trying to just do the next the next thing that seemed right. And then usually some pretty amazing things happen when folks do that and you get to hear that story from Jeremy's perspective. So the particulars are always different, right? Like everybody's got their own unique story, but the the thread that I'm hoping to point out that we all have in common is when you follow your heart, follow that inner wisdom, you'll arrive at some pretty amazing places. And Jeremy's totally an example of that. And so then also he had, this is another important note if you're listening today, August 31st, when the episode drops, um, he offers a super cool program that I don't think there's a whole lot else out there like this called the Vedic Astrology Mentorship. So it's a super cool program to learn Vedic Astrology. It runs once a year. The enrollment closes today. So there's a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, Stick around to the end to hear more about that. And then I will also share my personal experience with that program at the end of the episode. So enjoy. Here we go. 
Hello, and welcome to the Science of Light. I'm Rosemary, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, Jeremy Devins. Hi, Jeremy. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So this was kind of spur of the moment. Jeremy is launching, again, another cohort of the Vedic Astrology Mentorship, which is super special. I went through that. Is that like almost two years ago now, I guess? Uh, year and a half. Yeah, it's been a while, and you were one of the first ones to go through, and yeah. it was a really cool experience. And uh, yeah, so I'll be doing it again this fall. It's, it's once a year. I'm opening the enrollment now, and it is uh, amazing group already joining us. So I'll be sharing about that and my story, and really like the importance of the teachers in my life and why I'm sharing this. Cool. Well, I'm excited to get into all that. And as we always do on this podcast in a meandering conversation kind of way. So can you start where we always start with, I always just ask us, can you share your story? And you're welcome to take that. Some people share 30 seconds, some people share 30 minutes. So what's your story? Yeah, well, I know like you, I also teach yoga, I teach astrology, and they go together so well. They come from the same source text and started from having a teacher many years ago who taught all of that together. And Mm. I could go much further back, you know, very difficult childhood and uh, didn't have anything like this in my life. It's very uncommon and unusual to find anything like yoga or astrology or spirituality. But I did have very like spiritually minded kind of family and like they're always Mm. curious about like the paranormal or the unusual or the the secretive, mysterious kind of things in life. And uh, so there was that interest in that, like Ouija boards, you know. Oh, really? (laughs) How to actually apply it and like practice it. Yeah. (laughs) So you grew up like up north, right? Or something like Midwest-ish up there. So... I don't know. I just know where I grew up in a small town was like Bible Belt. Was was it that kind of spiritual? You know what I mean? Like what kind of? No, not my family. Uh, We tried to go to church a few times, but it just, we never went back really. Like it just didn't stick. Uh, That's cool. But it wasn't like religious, but it was like curious about like the unknown or spiritual in a way. That's cool. But not yeah, like there there was no like real sense of religion or practice or like how you really do that. It was just like mysterious and unknown and like curious about it. Ghosts and like Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the occult kind of stuff. Not tarot, <laughs> you know, it was, it was never like the applied use of it. It was just like right. this sort of mystery about these kind of things. Yeah. Do you think that shows up in your chart I learned somewhere? Magic as a kid. <laughs> Uh, cool. yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I was really into magic and that kind of stuff, but, uh, but yeah, it's all like my eighth house is super strong in my mm. chart. So that, that definitely shows up in that way. And, uh, my stepdad who was around for a while was, was very much like that. I don't know his chart, so ah. I can't say for sure, but the, <laughs> he was very much into all that kind of stuff too. That's cool. So then what led you, I don't know, maybe this is a different story for a different day, but what led you to Texas? Because I know you ended up in Austin, Texas, and that's kind of where yoga came around for you. Was that like chicken or the egg? Did you get into yoga and then move to Austin? Or like how did that story play out? 
Yeah, I was. I found yoga basically online. Like uh-huh. I was finding philosophy because that was my bridge into it because I got really interested in philosophy and psychology and I thought maybe I'll be a psychologist or a therapist and that's in my chart too like the moon in the 10th uh, house like counselor mm, yeah curious about psychology and the mind and that was like the furthest I could get into this kind of stuff from what I saw growing up. Like I was like, Oh, there's psychology, there's philosophy. That's interesting. So I yeah. started following all the things I could about that and audiobooks and uh I had a job, I was very physical and I could listen to stuff the whole time. And so I was just hours, you know, eight hours a night, every five days a week listening to audiobooks and Podcasts were just starting back then, but there was one mm-hmm. astrology podcast I followed back then, <laughs> and uh, that I was learning as much as I could. And then I found Alan Watts, and he started talking about yoga and meditation all the time. Or I started hearing him talk about this. He was like around in the '60s or '70s. You ever hear about him? Yeah, yeah. I think his voice is used on a lot of like you'll hear like tracks in a yoga class or something, right? And it's like his voice talking. People put him in their playlists all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I was into him before that was cool. <laughs> and uh, it, I, I listened to these, I found these tracks. I was listening to like all the philosophers, Schopenhauer and Nietzsche and like all these people from history and their audiobooks. But then I found Alan Watts and it was the first one that was like, whoa, there's something here. And I actually mm-hmm. distinctly remember where I f- was when I first heard one of his things. Because I basically, you know, back in the mid 2000s, like torrents were a thing and you'd go and get a torrent of like all these like rare things. And like yeah. it was hard to find, like Alan Watts didn't have like audio books out there or anything. So I'd get like this torrent of like a hundred. Like on LimeWire? Like, oh, just check out all these people. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like LimeWire, uTorrent back then, BitTorrent. Yeah. Uh, so it was just like a hundred philosophers that you should check out, and I just started listening to okay. all those. And then Alan Watts like just stuck out so much, and he's talking about yoga and philosophy and meditation and Eastern wisdom, and he talks about the Bhagavad Gita and basically how to apply and live philosophy in a way that mm-hmm. all these old philosophers were not talking about so mm-hmm. I was like, oh i need to try this i need to find a meditation class or a yoga class and so that's what i i did and i eventually found some classes in minnesota and there's actually a great meditation community there. there's great meditation centers and i started going to meditation centers every week and uh and there wasn't a lot of yoga so i was I found yoga teachers online Mm-hmm. Way back in 2010, like 2008, 2009, 2010, like there wasn't much out there. So like the five to 10 videos that were, I was doing those as much as I could. And, nice. Uh, it's like uh, Dr. Oz had a yoga routine and uh, Yoga Today had a few videos. That's what I found. <laughs> so that's wow. What I was and how different that is to and now then, uh, what there is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so I, I knew I wanted to move from Minnesota. I started doing yoga every day and knew like, I, I'm not happy in Minnesota. It's so dark mm. and cold. And, uh, so I was also a musician and Austin always was coming up every time 
South by Southwest had come up, all the musician ah. people I knew and musician things I was into was like mm-hmm. talking about it. So I was like, oh, there's something happening in Austin. I should go check that out. And and then I found out they had amazing yoga community too. So right. it was like yoga, music. And so I went there and that had the things I was like living into more and found amazing communities there. And, and that's where I found my first mentor who's uh, an old hippie in Austin. <laughs> I can yeah. talk about that, but th- that's how I got there. It was like finding the things I was looking for. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. That's kind of same, similar to how I found my way to Asheville. Same idea. I was like in a small town and yeah. So, Oh yeah. and then you found your mentor, you started studying under, and he was teaching both yoga and astrology, right? Yeah. So I was just doing yoga because back then I didn't know there was different styles. And so I go to this yoga mm. info session to be, to do teacher training. I was like, maybe I want to learn this more. I didn't think I'd want to be a teacher. And then I go into this info session and they're like, all right, everybody who wants to learn Kundalini, go to this room. Everybody who wants to learn Hatha, go to this room. And I was like, what, what are those words? <laughs> right. Uh, I didn't know what that meant. And I know there's different styles of yoga. I was just doing yoga online. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I had done a couple in-person classes, but I didn't know styles. So uh, there's this old hippie looking guy. I was like, this guy looks cool. It's kind of what I expect from like Austin. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's wearing all white and a big white beard and uh-huh. ponytail and um, just seemed really cool. And that's the Kundalini. Yeah, that was the Kundalini. Say, he must've been wearing up. all white. And, yeah. <laughs> yes. And, uh, so I just hung out with him and uh, learned about Kundalini essentially. And then I was like, this sounds cool. And, uh, I had no money at the time and, and like, didn't know how I'd pay for that. It was like 2,300 bucks. And he's like, don't let money be the reason you don't do this. If you if you want to do it, we'll figure, you know, there's like scholarships, we'll figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, just sign up. We'll figure it out later. And I ended up doing like work trade at the studio. Like I'd work the desk, clean the floors and the toilets and, um, nice. and do like a little yeah. scholarship. And I eventually led the scholarship next year. But, but anyway, I, I signed up for that and I didn't know he taught astrology too. I didn't know that for months later. Uh, but I just liked this teacher and I, I started going to his classes, went to the training and that training of course was massively life-changing. And it was like, mm-hmm. I felt like I'd found my own personal Alan Watts cause Alan Watts was dead at that point. <laughs> of course, right. and, uh, I was like, wow, this guy is like saying the same stuff. It's like, I've been doing it now and I'm living this like philosophy and spirituality. I was so interested in. Cool. So to, I know this is like running parallel you also, just because I know this, I've heard you say it before, you were also interested in astrology at some point. So how did that yeah. kind of parallel yes. into this story? Yeah. So I was always like following it and interested. And you know, even from my birth, like I knew my son sign, like everybody mm-hmm. in the West knows. Right. And so I was kind of following that and while I'm learning astrology or while I'm learning yoga and all this spiritual stuff, like none of them are talking about astrology. So I'm learning astrology mm-hmm. kind of separate as like an interesting thing 
and like I've got my horoscope, all my friends, I'm asking them their birth info and looking up their horoscope and uh, trying to apply this to my life. And I'm following Western astrology because that's all I can find. It's like uh-huh. I, I look up stuff and then I, occasionally I'll hear like, oh, there's this Indian astrology and it follows this different zodiac. So everything's different. And I'm like, oh, I, I, that's too much. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to make sense of that. And I couldn't find a good book or resource or teacher. I I just found Western stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, so I just kept using that. And uh, I, I was uh, like trying to apply it to my life, essentially. It's like, okay, so I see I have these strengths and these weaknesses as these signs. And I try to apply it and like integrate it. And essentially did that from like 2006 to like, 2010 or 11 11 is when i found this teacher and found out he was an astrologer and started working with him uh and then that time like i i guess i was finding astrology i was finding yoga and the spiritual path and like starting to uh come out of depression and come out of a lot of the challenges mm. i was having in my life yeah but i feel like the yoga was like essentially attuning me to like, okay, this is my true self. This other stuff is out of alignment. So like kind of keep following this yoga thing, like do yoga, yeah. do things based on how I feel after yoga, mm-hmm. find friends who like yoga, stop hanging out with the friends who are like in this totally other path of like drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And the more I kept doing that, like yoga, spiritual meditation, meditation community, the more the better I felt and the more like in alignment and flow and peace and happiness and growth I had. And the more I was like kind of finding like who I really am. And then, then I got to to this crossroads of like, okay, well now I have this uh, Vedic astrology thing that's saying I'm this kind of person. I have this Western astrology that I've been loosely following that says I'm this kind of person. And essentially I realized it's like everything, my Western astrology, I was following was more like who I was moving away from. It's like this, this very moody, emotional, uh, <laughs> a cancer, uh, moon in my chart and, uh-huh. uh, Libra or, or yeah, Libra rising. <laughs> so very indecisive, uh, very like all, kind of the worst of all those <laughs> qualities Still Aries sun, so that was consistent. And there always right. was that sort of drive in me, but I was like really trying to get into like, you know, I, I do like moody music and I kind of, I like like Nine Inch Nails and like very emotional driven music. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the kind of stuff I was making as a musician. And like I was living into that, but like the music I was making was really dark and depressing and I'd play for people and it just kind of feel weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, it's like, essentially the more I was living into what I thought my Western chart was, the, the worse and more difficult and challenging my life felt. Uh-huh. And what I was really stepping into was more of this, this, what this Vedic expression, but really just my true self. And when I was like touching into my true self and my yoga practice, that's what really the Vedic chart reflects. And that's where I was like, okay, I see. Yeah. I don't want to be the way that I was. I wasn't happy or fulfilled. I wasn't good to be around. And the way I've become 
it's like all lining up. It's like who I naturally am, like through self-awareness practices, and it's reflected in the Vedic chart. So there's something here. Mm-hmm. And then I got my reading, and he just like told me my whole life without barely knowing me. And right. it was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. There's there's more to this. So I'm gonna keep learning as much as I can. So related to that transition you were going through from studying Western astrology to studying Vedic astrology. And also it sounded like you were going through a very big transition in your life too, with moving like, you know, pretty far away from your hometown, which is a big deal and kind of like changing your habits, which changed your life. Right. So do you feel like with your Western chart, were you kind of like, I I feel like there's a self-fulfilling prophecy question here or like, you know, right. for the skeptics of astrology, like, were you living into that chart because you were like trying to make yourself fit it or you were like, this is who I am. So this is how I'm going to show up. Or is there something, is it more like with in Vedic astrology, we have your birth chart and then your D9 and, and we, in Vedic astrology has this culture to it where it's like, obviously you're not the same person your whole entire life. You can progress or you can be stuck in the same cycles over, you know, is that, do does that make yeah. sense what I'm asking or? Yes. Yeah, totally. And, you know, especially like in your twenties, you're kind of trying to find yourself. Who am mm-hmm. I? What? <laughs> and so you look to things like typology and personality yeah. assessments and astrology and it kind of reflects parts of you and you resonate with some things and is reflecting back of like, uh, you know, I had been uh, a there's a lot of truth in things in my Western chart. It's like, okay, I can see how mm-hmm. that resonates and that yeah. there's, there's things there. And then I would like look at my horoscope for the week or, uh, okay, yeah. these are the things happening and this is how you work with it. And these are your strengths and your challenges. And, and uh, it's like, well, I'm, uh, and it's to simplification of it, kind of not knowing what astrology really is. I was kind of like, well, I am a, a cancer moon, so I should be kind of getting into my emotions more and like expressing more of that. Mm-hmm. And um, I essentially like <laughs> I was just stuck. Like I was not at a I was at a job I didn't want to be at just because I thought I needed to do that to make money. I was like pretty alone and isolated. Uh, I was so focused on my music and like trying to make it as a musician of like just doing that at the expense of everything else. I I lived Mm. in a practice space, which is like a band practice space you rent out to go and Mm -hmm. do band practice. And I just lived there. So I was like, I don't want to do anything else. I just want to make money at my job and then come back and do band practice. And so I'd literally sleep there, get up, work on my music and then go to work. Yeah. And it was like this dark, small existence. And uh, like I was working nights. So I was like almost never see the sun, like no windows in this practice space. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it was like very isolated and like just going so far into the emotional thing of like the cancer moon. (laughs) I was really kind of fixated on that. And also the Aries sun, I was like, okay, I... I was very ambitious. I was extremely ambitious of like constantly writing songs and lyrics all the time and constantly trying to put things together, like getting people together for things, projects. Um, 
but essentially I was like following the horoscopes and the advice of things I would read and the Mm -hmm. interpretations of things, like kind of trying to figure out like, is this true for me? Trying it on like a, like an outfit and kind of seeing the results. And then I also found this yoga and meditation thing. I was like trying that on. And Mm -hmm. the more I try that on is like, okay, this feels way better. Yeah. But it's at the expense of like, a lot of the things that I've built up here of yeah, <laughs> which I wasn't really enjoying anyway. And I quickly like quit that job with no real plan. I'm just like, I know like this isn't, well, actually I got fired from that job. Uh, cause I, did you get fired on purpose? Myself. I just kept showing. Yeah. Up isn't that a thing yeah. that happens? <laughs> like you get fired and it's like, Oh, it wasn't my fault. I got fired. But really like deep down it was your fault. You got fired. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> What are those situations? And, uh, we all do yeah. them. It's just we don't all yeah. acknowledge it. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like office space when it's like he's willing to get fired and he just like stops trying and like doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> Sounds so, like that's yeah, what needed to happen. Late. Yeah. It was that, and I wasn't like willing to just do it myself. I didn't have the courage right. at the time to just quit. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, he fired, they fired me and I shook his hand and he's like, this is the best firing experience I've ever had. <laughs> uh, so I was like, thank you. I, I'm so grateful. Like, <laughs> I was so happy to be let go. And, right. <laughs> and then I just focused on the music and, and there's a no, whole other story about that. I won't get into, but like, but it was like, it, it was a relief and, um, uh, I was just going to sort of live from this feeling I got during yoga practice and try to follow mm-hmm. that and what resonates with that. Cause I felt like I was getting in touch with a true part of myself that wasn't about what should I be or who should I be or who am I? It's just mm-hmm. like this knowing. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, that's where I just kept following that. And yeah, there is like a self-fulfilling prophecy to astrology of like, you read things and you're like, okay, I'll try that on and apply it. But that intuition and knowing is where it really gets tested of like, okay, well, you could say I am an Aries or right. a Taurus or Gemini or whatever. And if I really just go through my life and reflect on myself and look back in my childhood before I really knew any of this, like, who was I? Mm-hmm. And like... One of my earliest memories is like I go to this kid's house and I'm left alone with all the toys in the world. I didn't have many toys. I had like a few. And then I get to the, go to this kid's house, every toy you could want, all the video games. What am I going to do? I decided to reorganize the room and like clean it up because it was messy. <laughs> so I spent like three hours by How myself old were in like you this then? toy heaven. <laughs> it's like three or four. It's like one of my earliest memories. Oh, yeah. Uh, Old, old enough to walk and like move things around <laughs> right yeah and uh and I, I just could I all I remember is like the excitement of like my mom coming back to like show her of like how I organized everything and she's like what did you do <laughs> what is this and uh like aren't you proud it's like the the weirdest kind of upset here right <laughs> yeah and that's Virgo rising. Like that's Virgo energy. Mm. And like my Virgo and Mercury stuff is so strong in my chart. And like, that's mm-hmm. a perfect example of like what your default state of like, what's going to satisfy you with all that Virgo energy to do. And that's mm-hmm. that's who I've always been. And I kind of disowned that in my twenties 
to be like this kind of reckless musician, like don't care about anything. <laughs> and, and all the time, like I was wanting to be more structured and organized. And I, I feel like my music would have sustained and succeeded better if I had been. Mm. So it's like that kind of thing of like kind of seeing my default nature and like where I really thrive. And the Vedic just validates all that. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that speaks to something I notice and try to point out a lot that the culture of Vedic astrology over Western astrology just is something I appreciate that it's more like not this is who you are, right? Like, which I feel like is Western astrology. It's like, this is who you are, right? And Vedic astrology is more like, this is the hand you've been dealt, but what are you going to do with it? Are you going to continue living in that hand or are you going to like play your cards right so that you can change it, you know, release some karmas or, or whatever the case is, it's less, I just feel like the overall culture of Vedic astrology is less like fatalistic, you know? Yeah. In some cases, I mean, I do know people who grew mm -hmm. up in India and like they have That's their family true. astrologer just says, here's basically your, your map of your whole life. And then you just live it out. Right. <laughs> and they yeah. Do. That uh, is true. But yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's you do have free will, or at least the illusion of free will, and we can choose what to do with it. And there is a big, big piece of karma that's in Vedic that's not so much in Western of like, yeah, one of the purposes of our lives is to pay off karma and to mm -hmm. work through past karmas and samskaras, the past yeah. conditioning. So, so that is definitely true. And even in those sort of fatalistic astrologers, karma is such a big part of it. Like you don't want to incur new karma as best you can. And you want to, um, ascend, you know, to really strictly in new perspective of like in the wheel of reincarnation. So you pay off mm -hmm. all your karma and then you're done. <laughs> you just go into right. this enlightened, non-existing, non-physical thing. Uh, so that that is a possible potential, but uh, yeah, that's true. In Western, it's just kind of this is it, and this is who you are, and you're based on you know. There's, there's twelve types of people in the world, and mm -hmm. that's it. And, and you're gonna have things in common with everybody yeah, born the same month as you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's just too broad and. Then you get more detailed. Well, okay, well, you do have all your planets in different places, and you have Mars here and Jupiter there. But then that's where I really saw the holes in it. Because so I was like, okay, well, my it says that Mars is currently in Aries, but how do I prove that? And I try to look it up on astronomy sites and stuff. And it's like, oh, why do they say it's in Pisces when they say, or, you know, it's so it's, yeah. that's where I really saw the holes in Western astrology because I wanted to really live it and I want to apply it and I want to live in sync with it, but it's mm -hmm. not actually what's happening. So how do you really live in sync with this like imaginary Zodiac? And uh, that's where yeah. I really couldn't keep following it anymore. Well, it sounds like that was kind of a theme for you of taking these like like you were saying, you were listening to audiobooks and they felt kind of maybe inaccessible or not applicable to like daily life until you found Alan Watts. And then the same thing happened again with Western astrology is like, uh, that's a thing, but it doesn't feel applicable. But I definitely know your, your approach now is super 
applied. So can you say more about that? I don't know if it's, right. you know, like how you apply yeah. these things now. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was looking for of like, okay, well, there's this tool of astrology and like, what do we do with it? And, um, cause I'm always wanting to be intentional about like my day and week and energy and time. I've always had the sense of like, life is short. Uh, you might've had that too. Cause you're, mm. you're young and gotten to astrology at a young age. Like, did you have that sense growing up of just like the sense of mortality? Yeah. Yeah. And I also, there's a few things in my chart that like indicate that as well. Like, uh, yeah. And I lost some friends. Like I, one of my best friends passed away when I was like 16. So that really, you know, I like that kind of thing. And just yeah. our generation, I think also was probably one of the first with a lot of people passing away at young ages for drug overdoses or whatever, which that friend wasn't a drug overdose, but um, yeah. Yeah. I had that sense yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I can distinctly remember at times of just like sitting in quiet and as a kid and just thinking about uh, just life. And <laughs> I remember seeing like this news story about the average life expectancy of 86. And I'm like counting the years, of, like <laughs> eight years old. I'm like, okay, well, I got this many years. 10% of the way <laughs> there almost. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> And, uh, so I've always been like keenly aware of that and like, well, okay, this time is short and limited. So what are we going to do mm -hmm. with it? And yeah. I actually also had a, I think I was 16 or 17. I had a close friend die of leukemia, this rare leukemia. Yeah. And, um, it was just heartbreaking, like going to that funeral. Yeah. Um, and so weird like I it's it's yeah. it was such an imprint on me because I I still sometimes will have dreams that he's like oh he's actually alive like hey <laughs> uh, yeah occasionally like every couple of years I'll have a dream about him it's like because that imprinted me so much you Isn't have an experience with your yeah. friend totally yeah and um yeah that sounds very eighth house-ish too yeah that same yeah yeah it's, it's interesting yeah. So, so that was always there. And with that, it's like, okay, well, life is short. I want to enjoy it and experience what it has to offer. And so mm -hmm. how do I do that best? And, um, it's this sense that, uh, you know, there's so much more beyond me that I'm just a part of that. There's other forces influencing everything around me and yeah, just trying to be connected to it all. And, um, so, so that's where all that comes from of like, well, what do I want to do with this precious fleeting life while it's here and, and yeah. not to overanalyze it. Sometimes I do overanalyze it and make it complicated, but to Don't just kind of all. work with what's here and the possibility of it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there was an experience a few years ago where, or several years ago where I was, had this really difficult month and I was like, still relatively loosely following everything and then mm -hmm. then I looked at some astrology stuff like I often do and they're talking about eclipses and this is like such a huge turning point and all this stuff and I'm like oh okay so so every time along the way where I've come to like a big crisis and needed validation or reflection or clarification it's like there's something going on in astrology and it's like 
that happened to several times along the years where it's like, oh, right. I really have been loosely following this. Like, I want to follow this very closely. And that's essentially where I got to with my podcast of doing the horoscopes. Yeah. So, so I could do that for myself and for others. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So do you find, just an aside question that that made me think of, do you find that following it more closely, do you ever find yourself like getting in the weeds about it? Like, you know what I mean? Like getting too, too like Vada about, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, for anybody here who like is interested in studying astrology or listening to this, uh, this is kind of where I go is if I have a question or I'm thinking about something going on currently, I'll try to look for a precedence for it. Like I'll try to mm. go back through history of like, okay, so let's say Rahu's in Aries in this nakshatra and it's in this house for me. And I think it might mean this. I'm like trying to make a decision. Like, should I move? Mm-hmm. Should I do this? Should I do that? And can I find some other precedent for this of like some other person who has a similar chart at a similar time in history? Ah. So that's where I find it's pretty useful to like see what's happened in the patterns. And there's very, very likely some sort of pattern if you look through enough data. And mm. um, so th- so that's where I, I'll look and where I could get lost. And what I've learned to avoid doing too much is just trying to figure it out from putting the pieces together of like, I look at, mm-hmm. I'm in this dasha and this sub dasha and this transit's happening. And it could mean this just from like the theory of astrology that I know. Uh, but then if I want to kind of see some, I, w- I want to look for precedence of it and see things like that. Like with the uh, Rahu in Ardra Nakshatra happened mm-hmm. during nine 11 happened during the COVID outbreak and the lockdowns happened during several major events throughout history that are like right. society changing. And it's like, oh, there's a clear pattern here. Rahu and Ardra yeah. is an arbiter of these things. And it's every 18 years it's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can find those globally. You can find those in the economy and natural disasters, personal life, personal choices. Uh, so that's where I love doing the research on that kind of stuff. And it is yeah. bottomless because you could spend mm-hmm. forever researching one person's chart. And but I try to keep it more like high level, the main things, marriage, divorce, moving, success, failures, world events, economies, like uh, that kind of stuff makes it simpler and like not too much in the weeds. Uh, but I love uh Maybe you've done this too. Like, I love if I'm like watching a biography on somebody or a story about somebody, they're talking about their life a lot to like mm-hmm. immediately look up their chart and like see all that stuff playing out. I'm sure you do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what it's interesting. That's one of my favorite things about your approach is that like taking into account, like you said, it's all data, right? It's just data and we can organize it in such a way that we notice the patterns. And that's ultimately, I mean, that's the same thing people are doing in like science. You know, I say air quotes science because (laughs) that's sometimes a word that people use like science is this monolith, right? But um, 
Yeah. It's not. And, um, but yeah, but so it's, I like that. It's a very scientific (laughs) approach to astrology, just like researching and saying, what is the pattern objectively? What is the pattern, you know, not like trying to make it fit a certain agenda that you were looking for, right? Confirmation bias type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. Like if you read the book, uh, breathe, it's a yellow book. It's a great yeah, book. James Have you seen Nestor. that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, uh, it's a great book, but he, he talks about like these amazing scientific discoveries about the breath. It's like, dude, I've been knowing this for like the yoga teacher has been teaching this for thousands of years. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's like, one way I've really noticed the infiltration of yoga into our culture. And now science is like, Oh, we're going to, that makes sense, but now we need to prove it, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, which I love science, and it's great, but but it's kind of funny how like you need all this stuff, and, and I was like that coming into my Kundalini training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my teacher would say that he'd be like, you know, you, your mind wants all this proof and evidence of things, yeah, uh, which is fine, and I'll try to give you some of that, but just experience it, like actually do the practices and see for yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's where the magic happens and that's where you really experience it. And that's living and like just feeling this, the truth of like yoga, meditation, astrology, pranayama, like experiencing it. It's like when you're actually in the experience, you don't need anybody to, to convince you that it's true. It's like, you just know. It's true. Like this is yeah. truth. You can feel it. And that's how I felt like learning this, like doing my teacher training and then the astrology mentorship that I did and the trainings that I've done. It's like, there's a sense of resonance of like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. this is it. This is true. Versus like some of the philosophy I was early on. It's like, there, I feel like I'm being convinced. Like, I think therefore right. I am. I think, yeah, I can understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> But it's like uh, it's so so far from like all the, all these. I was listening to like all these like academic breakdowns of like philosophy and uh, <laughs> and this proof of like why that's that and why this is the way to think and mm-hmm. it's just so interesting how we we kind of put all this energy into our thinking mind, which is awesome. With while like we're like Alan Watts would say, like we've essentially become these floating heads sharing ideas mm-hmm. and we forget that we have a body and the body is just as much wisdom and you know there's just as, there's yeah. neurons in your gut and there's just as much wisdom in the body that we forget totally. and all this stuff kind of gets us back in touch with that and then the science comes in and says well let's prove that from the head too and that's great right but yeah uh, we, <laughs> we, we we can I think we need both and and it's yeah I think I this stuff like this astrology stuff will become more and more validated by science over time and these patterns so are too. like so so clear when you just look at it and you know what to look for mm-hmm. well yeah and when I heard Elon Musk ask if we were in a simulation I was like that's it science has come full circle science is now asking if there's a god <laughs> You know, right? Like it's right. just all different yeah. formats to approach the same questions and what feels like truth to any, just different frameworks to approach what feels like truth to any of us, right? Or to all of us. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So now you've spent all that study and all that time learning this stuff, and now you apply it through various ways. I know you do you do yoga teacher training too, right? Like a lot of a lot of stuff you do, but the most soon thing, if people want to learn this, is the Vedic Astrology Mentorship. Can you say more about maybe first just about how that came about? Yeah. Yeah. So I had been studying and learning all this stuff and mainly focusing on yoga. It's like I did the yoga teacher training and didn't think I'd be a yoga teacher, but then my teacher was like, you're a teacher, <laughs> just start. <laughs> so yeah. I started doing stuff and eventually uh, kept going and I really enjoyed it and it was so, so fulfilled. It was like exactly this thing I was always looking for in my life. Like I want to help people. I want to share philosophy and spirituality and movement. It was just everything in one. So I was so in love with it. And that's, that was my primary focus for so long. And I was learning this astrology all along on the side and for fun and just for myself. And then eventually people would just keep asking me questions about it. And the more trainings I would do, the more practice I would get. And then people would ask me to do readings. And then I had uh, started this Quiet Mind Yoga podcast. It's like so long coming. There's so much resistance to finally create that. And then I was so mm. happy I finally did and started to build momentum and get lots and lots of listeners. And then after that was going for like a year, I was like, I love astrology too. And there's no Vedic astrology podcast at the time. So right. there was like two or three that had gone dormant that just had a few mm -hmm. episodes. So I was like, well, uh, I wish that existed. So I'll just make it. And I started that. And yeah, then it just started to take on a life of its own. I didn't think that would really keep going. I, I didn't think it would like be a business or anything like that. I just thought right. this would be something I'll do for fun. And then People kept started DMing me and messaging me like, "How do I get a reading?" I was like, "Oh, I don't really do readings." Then like more people message, "Okay, well, I'll do a reading," and and then I just kept doing more and more readings. I had done them throughout the past, but like just occasionally, I didn't I didn't really want to call myself an astrologer, mm. but uh, I'd get really great feedback on the readings, and people are like, "Wow, thank you so much!" And like they're refer friends, and uh, it just started to take on this momentum of its own. And then the podcast started to take on this momentum of its own. And, and then eventually people are asking uh, if I did any sort of longer form trainings on astrology or mentoring programs, mm -hmm. or trying to find teachers. And again, I was like, no, I don't do that yet. I might do that in the future. And right. then one month, like three people asked me in that same month, so like, okay, I'll do it. It's time. <laughs> and uh, so I put mm -hmm. together a program. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that's always a good thing, a good sign, I think, if like the universe is asking you, people are asking you for something or keep mm -hmm. getting nudged in a direction, just go. And if you don't think you're ready, then that probably means you're ready. <laughs> that's what I've realized. Well, you'll never uh, be ready. That's one thing. I think there's no such thing as being <laughs> all the way ready. Like you'll be ready enough. Yeah. But there's no such thing as having it perfect before you start. And like you said, you have to listen, which involves like the name of your whole entire everything quieting the mind right. so that you can listen, right. so that you can hear these things when they come up. 
because if your mind's all loud, then you won't hear the stuff outside. Exactly. You know. Yeah. And I use that name because it comes from the source text of yoga, the first or the mm. second yoga sutras. Yoga is the quieting of the mind. And then this, yeah. the third sutra is so that you can abide in your true self and you can essentially hear your intuition in the universe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that is really key. And that was so key for me because it's like, and I see it sometimes in, in kids, like kids are like, it's sometimes hard to get through to them or sometimes hard to connect with them. Uh, it, I probably not your kids, but, <laughs> but like sometimes like they kind of get into their own ride and they're just like yeah over here and over there and then this and then they got an ipad and the game and and they're so like distracted and that's like (laughs) as like in buddhism they talk about like that's our default nature and if we don't Mm -hmm. tend to that like we're just going to be there and this and that and like a monkey mind Mm -hmm. and yeah uh, we're kind of rush through life without really experiencing it or being present for people so it's so important to have practices that get us present and then we get so much awareness and realizations and make so much more empowering choices and get out of ruts and meet Mm -hmm. amazing people and help people and and so that's like the root of everything I do yeah that's awesome that's the path yeah yeah (laughs) and uh so so yeah now I have the mentorship program it's open now uh for enrollment for limited time so I do that so I can just focus on enrollment for a limited time and then focus back on serving the students in the program. Totally. And it's a four-month program, yeah, to go from, like, curious about astrology or some people have a lot of experience, some people have no experience. Yeah. that's It doesn't matter the experience, but that you want to learn and you're interested and that's it. And then I go from, you know, teaching you the basics to how to read charts and th- there's three phases I teach in there of like learning astrology in depth and making accurate predictions and then giving mm. great readings. And within that, there's mentoring calls, there's trainings, there's homework, there's assignments. Uh, so it's my most in-depth program on astrology. And I think, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best programs out there, because I look at everything else. I'm always learning yeah. myself and I try to make the best I can. And Totally. Uh, I have had amazing mentors and teachers in my life. So it's my intention to share that and give it back because I feel like that's well, what... part of the karma we have is mm. to give back what we learn. Totally. Yeah. Well, I think it like, at least when I, when I found the mentorship, I guess it was the first time you ran it. Um, I was looking for exactly that and I didn't, think it existed because I couldn't find, um, I was like, I know yoga. I've taken a ton of yoga trainings. I've taken Ayurveda trainings, but there's not really that many Vedic astrology trainings, which I have since learned because I don't really use YouTube personally. There are some few YouTube astrologers that also offer trainings, but I didn't know that because I didn't use YouTube. So I think it's great. You're bringing this format. And yeah, I also think as folks interested in yoga, there's a lot of value in learning Vedic astrology over Western because I've noticed, I don't know if this is a new thing or I'm just noticing it more, more yoga teachers incorporating astrology into their teaching and stuff. But I'm, I don't know. My, it's my wish that it was Vedic astrology that they all used. 
you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. I've seen so many uh, teachers because in Austin, there's a great community. There's a lot of teachers and I'd say probably like maybe 40, 50% of them do incorporate astrology. And of those, mm-hmm. maybe like 80% are using Western astrology. And right. It's like, hold on. <laughs> You're it teaching based out of something from the Vedas. Come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're both yeah. from the Vedas. Yeah. So if folks want to learn, so I'm going to, yeah. this episode will release on Monday. And so if you're listening to it, hopefully when it releases before Wednesday, can you say more about the enrollment process? I guess I should say, okay, I usually preface, I usually, I'm pretty like, I don't do affiliate marketing, like as a a pretty strong value of mine. (laughs) Usually I, it's like not a thing that I do. I like to, if I make a recommendation for something, I like people to know that I'm not getting kickbacks, but I'm going to recommend your training. (laughs) Excuse me. And also say that if people sign up at this link, it is an affiliate link. So it's affiliate marketing, but purely because, because I know you and know the training, I've done the training and I recommend it from a place of like, I've done it. Not from like, I think this would be good. You know, (laughs) like, so can you say more about enrollment now with that (laughs) preface? Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, I, I really don't take that lightly, you know, like if somebody says yeah. they vouch for something, I'm, you know, I, and then just to be in this role of like mentor to people, I take that right. with a lot of responsibility and honor and yeah. gratitude. Of, I'm potentially influencing a lot of life decisions of like, okay, here's what your totally. chart says. Here's what I see. Yeah, I, I don't take that lightly, you know? Like the things yeah. my first astrologer said stuck with me st- still. Like I still think about things that he said in that first reading yeah. we had. That's a huge and deal like for it's sure. It's impactful. So yeah. so it's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, so so I do have a lot of reverence for this and what I'm sharing and want to make yeah. sure that everybody is getting the most value and like uh, quality experience that they can. So yeah, there's a link and I do offer a referral program. So people, if you refer, people refer to my program, I do give back because that's essentially another way that I can give back. It's like, yeah, thank you. That's why thank I'm like on the fence. Something that you think is valuable about affiliate marketing. Cause I'm like, on one hand, I see a lot, it makes me distrust some people's recommendations sometimes. Cause I'm like, you're only recommending this thing because you're going to get a kickback from it not because you genuinely believe in it. Like I, that's in, in my awareness when I know something is an affiliate, affiliately marketed, I guess. Right. So anyway, that's why I wanted to give the, the, the caveat because it's not something I do often, but I think your, your training's awesome. Yeah. I think it's. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So it's a link for if you want to support Rose as well as the program. Right. The program, yeah. Uh, There's no additional cost to do that. Uh, yeah. So that's quietmindastrology.com slash Rose. R-O-S-E. So but you can also you can sign join, up for it uh, during- without that. Sorry. I'm just like, I don't care. I'm not yeah. attached. If you want to sign up, go <laughs> enroll without giving me a kickback. I yeah. won't be upset. <laughs> 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. The other, you know, it's astrologymentorship.com. That's the other link you could use. Nice. But, uh, if you want to support Rose too, it's uh, <laughs> quietmindastrology.com slash Rose. And yeah, it's a four month program. Enrollment is only open once a year and it's only open for a limited time. So we start on Thursday. So those of you listening to this early, great. You can join. If you're listening to this later, totally okay. You can join the wait list for next time it opens. Uh, and I do that just yeah. so I, I like to focus on teaching and serving students. That's my main, that's the reason I'm doing this. I don't like to spend a lot of time on marketing and like the yeah. website. And like I'm doing most of this myself and I've had to learn all the marketing stuff too, just so I can be able right. to do this effectively and efficiently. And, but ultimately I just have a couple of weeks where it's open and then I focus on the teaching part. That's what I'm Well, that's do. good. And then so if, if you miss it, yeah. Yeah. If people sign up live, like when you take Join the training live, you're going to get more out of it. Like there's, I know there's pre-recorded content in the training, but the live component is where the magic happens, where the learning happens. So yeah, I think there's, I, I'm glad you do it that way because that's, I, I don't know. I sign up for stuff that's at your own pace sometimes with no live component. And then I don't get as much out of it as if there was a live component. So I think the way you've structured the training is if somebody wants to become an astrologer or the same idea, like sometimes we sign up for yoga trainings just because we love yoga, no intention of becoming a yoga teacher or whatever. I know that's a common experience for yogis. Yeah. So yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Any, yeah. So there's live calls. It's an amazing community. Uh, Rose will probably pop in there sometimes. I probably will. <laughs> uh, you can't get rid of me. Well. <laughs> 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 student that keeps coming back yeah so uh <laughs> a lot of people do and a lot of people will this yeah. year too because you get lifetime access so i it's a so great community astrology too. is not something yeah yeah it's it's not something you can just really take one course and you got it it's a lifetime mm -hmm. study so i built that in it's like you don't just sign up for a course and you're done it's like you can come back for years and uh, keep taking it and there's no yeah. additional cost. So I build that in. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, some, so, some teachers, some old texts would say it takes nine lifetimes to learn astrology. So uh, I'll, I'll take care yeah. of at least one of those lifetimes for you. <laughs> awesome. Get one out of the way. Cool. So are there any last thoughts you want to leave us with? Like a final, I don't know. Little last thing, last nuggets you want to add on? Uh, well, I just appreciate you, Rose, and I think this podcast is really cool, and I love what Thanks. you're doing, and it's kind of fun. It's fun for me to see yet, and like I love how you're integrating yoga and astrology together here. And yeah, uh, thank I you. Appreciate you taking the time to meet with me uh, off the cuff, like we just scheduled this like an hour ago. This was yeah, but it was less daunting than like if I have a podcast guest that I don't know. But I've taken your course, right. so I know you at least somewhat. <laughs> so cool. Well, thanks for being here. So there you have it. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I would share more about my experience with the training. So I took the Vedic Astrology Mentorship. I was in the first cohort that went through the program, and it has made this is the third time he's run it, I think. Third or maybe fourth. I don't know. He's run it a couple times since I took it. And I just have to say how much it has significantly improved. Like Jeremy is super committed to 
making sure he serves the students really well. He's very generous with his time and his teachings. And um, like we mentioned in the episode, I'll probably still pop on to some of the um, mentoring calls. Like if I have questions, I know that's a good place where I can find Jeremy. And he really helped me kick off my study of Vedic astrology because before that program was a thing, I was studying Vedic astrology before I took his mentorship. I was studying it from books. I had a bunch of books, like I had Dr. Svoboda's book. Um, He has a book and and I had one that I like picked up from a used bookstore in India um, that I think was actually David Frawley's book. So some of these old names, you know, um, in the Vedic astrology world, if you're familiar with Vedic astrology, you've probably heard those names before. Um, But I, it's hard to learn it from a book. And so also, like we touched on in the episode, Jeremy's approach and that training really helped me take it from theory into application, which is what I do now. And I apply it to yoga. um, And I have my own membership where I theme my yoga practices around astrology. And you can come and practice astrologically themed yoga every week. Um, And so that's super fun. It's super fun to learn the astrology and to apply it to whatever else you're into to apply it to your life. So even if you're not interested in becoming a Vedic astrologer, like we kind of mentioned, a lot of people take yoga teacher trainings without ever intending to become a yoga teacher. And then maybe they do, maybe they don't. But it's always a super transformational experience. Learning the astrology will help you learn more about yourself and how you operate in the world. And I just think it's a super solid training. I refer back to the training materials somewhat frequently. Um, So yeah, it's really helpful. And if you are interested, I would think that if you're listening to this episode and you're ready to make that leap, um, he offers it once a year. So you'd have to wait around until next year for it to come around again, if you're not quite ready. But if you are, the enrollment closes tonight. So make sure you sign up by tonight, Wednesday, August 31st at midnight Eastern time is the, so Jeremy's more organized than I am as a Virgo. He like has this shit set up and, and it will actually close. Like I mentioned with the survey at the beginning, which by the way, now that the episode's over, if you've made it this far and you haven't taken the survey, go take the survey that's linked in the show notes. The link to sign up for the membership and read more about it is also in the show notes. So thanks so much for being here. And I hope y'all have a wonderful week. Always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends. <laughs>